Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the Registry Report, where we look at news, analysis, and advocacy for rational change in our country's sex offender registry laws. Hey, and welcome to the Registry Report podcast. My name is Michael, and today we're talking about the consent conundrum. So what is the consent conundrum? People would have you believe that consent is relatively simple to understand. Yes means yes, no means no. And if you don't understand that, then you are a creepy predator. Now, before we get too deep into the woods on this topic, I just want to state up front that I am a big believer in the necessity of getting explicit consent before engaging in any kind of sex act. But I don't think consent is as simple as many people would have you believe. This is such a complicated concept that half of the states don't have any legal definition of consent at all. And this includes Mississippi, Georgia, Idaho, and North Carolina. So why is this important? Why are we talking about this on the Registry Matters podcast? Well, almost by definition, a sex crime is sexual contact or activity that occurs without consent. So it naturally follows that if we are going to get serious about reforming the criminal justice system in America, and especially the way we look at sex crimes and the sex offender registry, that we have to take a good hard look at what is and isn't consent. And maybe, just maybe, we should encourage our legislators to come up with a good working definition of consent that will stand up in court. So to start us off, I'd like you to hear a great little bit that was put together by the Thames Valley Police Department in the United Kingdom comparing consent to a cup of tea. If you're still struggling with consent, just imagine instead of initiating sex, you're making them a cup of tea. You say, hey, would you like a cup of tea? And they go, oh my God, I would love a cup of tea. Thank you. Then you know they want a cup of tea. If you say, hey, would you like a cup of tea? And they're like, uh, you know, I'm not really sure. Then you can make them a cup of tea, or not, but be aware that they might not drink it. And if they don't drink it, then, and this is the important bit, don't make them drink it. Just because you made it doesn't mean you're entitled to watch them drink it. And if they say, no thank you, then don't make them tea. At all. Just don't make them tea. Don't make them drink tea. Don't get annoyed at them for not wanting tea. They just don't want tea, okay? They might say, yes, please, that's kind of you. And then when the tea arrives, they actually don't want the tea at all. Sure, that's kind of annoying, as you've gone to all the effort of making the tea, but they remain under no obligation to drink the tea. They did want tea, now they don't. 
Some people change their mind in the time it takes to boil the kettle, brew the tea and add the milk. And it's okay for people to change their mind, and you are still not entitled to watch them drink it. And if they are unconscious, don't make them tea. Unconscious people don't want tea, and they can't answer the question, do you want tea, because they're unconscious. Okay, maybe they were conscious when you asked them if they wanted tea, and they said yes, but in the time it took you to boil the kettle or brew the tea and add the milk, they are now unconscious. You should just put the tea down, make sure the unconscious person is safe, and this is the important part again, don't make them drink the tea. They said yes then, sure, but unconscious people don't want tea. If someone said yes to tea, started drinking it, and then passed out before they'd finished it, don't keep on pouring it down their throat. Take the tea away. Make sure they are safe, because unconscious people don't want tea. Trust me on this. If someone said yes to tea around your house last Saturday, that doesn't mean they want you to make them tea all the time. They don't want you to come around to their place unexpectedly and make them tea and force them to drink it, going, but you wanted tea last week, or to wake up to find you pouring tea down their throat, going, but you wanted tea last night. If you can understand how completely ludicrous it is to force people to have tea when they don't want tea, and you are able to understand when people don't want tea, then how hard is it to understand when it comes to sex? Whether it's tea or sex, consent is everything. And on that note, I'm going to make myself a cup of tea. Is that a great bit or what? We probably need to come up with an American version of that using coffee. And no, I'm not volunteering to do it myself. If I have any criticism at all of this bit, it is that it oversimplifies the entire concept and completely ignores some of the more arcane or less well-known ways that people can get in trouble when it comes to consent. Let me give you one concrete example of what I'm talking about here. Many states have an age of consent that is below the age of 18. So let's assume for a moment that you live in the state of Texas, where the age of consent is 17. Additionally, in Texas, with your parents' consent, you can get married at the age of 14. Something that very few people are aware of is that age of consent laws are a defense against the charge of statutory rape only. It is not a defense against dozens of other sex-related charges. So it is entirely conceivable that you, as an adult, someone over 18, could marry someone who was, say, 17, have legal sex with her, but then be arrested, prosecuted, and convicted of exposing yourself to her if she sees you naked. Let's take another example. In the state of Ohio, which is one of those states that does not define consent in its laws, a woman can be drugged and sexually assaulted legally by her husband as long as he doesn't use force and they're not technically separated. In other words, in the eyes of the laws of the state of Ohio, her ability to hold her husband accountable for a sexual assault is stripped away simply because she's married to him. And if you think this is a far-fetched hypothetical example, I can assure you that it's not. This exact scenario happened to a friend of mine, and the authorities would not do anything to help her. Their opinion was that she had given up her right to revoke consent the day she got married. The American Law Institute has done a lot of work on this, and they have actually come up with a definition which they recommend that states adopt, and their definition is consent 
is a person's willingness to engage in a specific act of sexual penetration or sexual contact, but context and circumstances should also be considered. That definition was offered by the American Law Institute in 2016, and frankly, no one's done anything with it since. To be honest, I think it's just an attempt to use legal mumbo-jumbo to say that consent is complicated. That much we already knew. But what happens when we try to simplify this very complicated issue so that it's understood and accepted by the average person on the street? I think that we run the risk of getting into some very dangerous territory. Take, for example, this little skit, which is called Sexual Consent with Dr. Seuss. It's a scary world out there, okay? You're going to be going off to college soon, and uh, statistically, a bunch of you are going to be train wrecks. John, I'm looking at you. Come on. So, uh, teachers asked me to come in here, try to convey a little lesson to you guys. Now, here's the thing. It is a simple message, but we as men, we keep messing it up. So, uh, I have simplified it as best I can, so that it's nice and easy for you guys to get into your thick little skulls. I wrote you a little story, and I illustrated it myself. This is called... Dr. Seuss's The Quest for Yes. This is dumb. <coughs> Welcome, students. Today is your day. You're off to great places. You're off and away. In case you're wondering what could he have meant, I'm talking today about sexual consent. Hey, Matt, you're not going anywhere, right? Everyone listen to this. Pay attention. <coughs> so... How do we be good and not make our whole life a mess? Simply by waiting for someone to say yes. What is a yes? A yes is a yes is a yes is a yes. No, this isn't a trick or a test. To simplify, here's some words that it's not. No, maybe, I guess, I forgot. So when do we need it? What is it for? For kissing, for touching, for anything more? You need it for all, not some or a few. You need a yes for all that you do. For a touch, for a kiss, for an old school canoodle, for anything that involves your lap poodle. Penis! Hey! Don't laugh at that, alright? That took me forever to draw, okay? Look at that, attention to detail. Now here's a thing that'll bring surprise to your face. You need a yes before every new base. So if you're kissing her face or her big baba louis, you still need a yes before touching her bajoolies. Any loopholes? No! You're out of luck, and you can't get or give consent if you are drunk. Ignore this lesson, be a dumb male. All the places you'll go, and by that I mean... Jail? Yeah. Jail. And you wouldn't last. But wait! Some men don't listen. And they're doing fine. Trust me, kids, it's just a matter of time. So, take this lesson, put it in your brain, and then lock it. And if you're not sure, keep your walk-it in your pocket. And if that last part's confusing, I won't leave it to chance. I simply mean... Keep your dick in your pants. Good, that actually went really well. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and then since this is... All right, so I thought that was really funny, but I think it oversimplifies the issue of consent to the point of being ludicrous. I mean, I totally understand that there are people out there who just need to be told, keep it in your pants. And for those people, maybe this approach is the right approach. But I guess it makes me sad to think that there's such a sizable percentage of our population who has to be taught these principles at a cat-in-the-hat-with-green-eggs-and-ham level. Or for that matter, being told, rather simplistically, keep it in your pants or you're going to go to jail. 
I just don't think that that approach is actually going to make much of a difference. So what will make a difference? I think one of the things we have to do is start teaching kids from a very early age that they have autonomy over their bodies and that they can say no even to an adult if something makes them feel uncomfortable or doesn't seem right. I think we also need to start educating teens and adults about just how complicated consent can actually be and what the consequences are if you aren't getting consent. Instead of teaching people that yes means yes and no means no, how about explaining some of the things that most people aren't aware of when it comes to sexual consent? The Dr. Seuss bit did mention that if someone is drunk, they cannot get or give consent to sex. But it totally failed to mention all the other ways that sexual consent cannot be given. Minors cannot consent to sex under any circumstances, even if the minor is the person initiating the sex. If you are an adult, then you are expected to be the adult in the room and walk away. And don't think that the age of consent law in your state will protect you. The federal age of consent is still 18. And there are a thousand different ways that the authorities can turn your crime into a federal case. When it comes to minors, you don't have to have sex to have committed a sex crime. There are easily a dozen different things that you could be charged with without ever laying a hand on your victim. If someone is under the influence of alcohol or drugs, they too cannot consent to sex. How are you supposed to know if someone is too drunk or too high to be able to consent to sex? That's a very good question. A police officer has to administer a breathalyzer or blood test to you to know if you're too drunk to drive a car. So if a police officer can't tell if you're too drunk to drive, how are you supposed to know if someone is too drunk to be able to consent to sex? This is where consent starts to get very complicated. My advice to you is that if you're with somebody new, leave the drugs and alcohol out of it. If you think you need drugs or alcohol as a social lubricant, perhaps it's a little too early to be thinking about sex. Another class of people who cannot legally give their consent to sex is someone who's mentally impaired. How do you or I know that someone is mentally impaired? Frankly, it's not always easy to tell. But if somebody tells you that they have multiple personality disorder, or that they have seizures, or may be struggling with any other mental illness that would interfere with their ability to legally give consent, that's your cue to keep things non-sexual. At least until you know a heck of a lot more about the situation and the two of you have built a relationship based on trust. People who are sleeping, unconscious, or incapacitated in any way cannot consent to sex. And even though that sounds very straightforward, think about that for a moment. Has your partner ever wanted to be tied up or blindfolded, handcuffed to the bed? You and your spouse may consider that just a little kinky foreplay, but in most states, a person who is tied up and or blindfolded 
cannot legally consent to sex, even if that person happens to be your husband or wife. Now, most people are thinking, well, he or she would never press charges against me for doing that. They enjoy it. But the fact is, prosecutors can choose to prosecute whether or not your partner wants you charged with a sex crime. There are plenty of other ways that consent can get complicated. For example, even when your partner says yes, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're free and clear. That person may come back later and say that they felt pressured or intimidated or coerced into saying yes. Consent that is given under duress or simply not freely given is not consent at all. So yeah, sexual consent is not as simple as the cat in the hat would have you believe. I hope you understand that I'm not trying to frighten you into giving up any thought of having a healthy sex life. In fact, just the opposite. I want you to have a healthy sex life. And by healthy, I mean that everyone concerned is consenting. This is a conversation that needs to be had on a national level. And it needs to be looked at very carefully every time we start considering new laws having to do with sex crimes and the sex offender registry. I hope you've gotten something out of this podcast. My name is Michael. And you're listening to the Registry Report Podcast. We'll see you next week. Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.